Money makes you think. Hi, I'm your host Aditi Anand, a teenager who frankly has a lot of questions about how finance works. Today, we're going to be talking about life insurance. Life insurance. Yeah, no, it doesn't guarantee immortality. That was just clickbait. In fact, it protects a beneficiary, which can sometimes be the person who pays for the insurance or someone related to them. It's a sum of money paid by the insurance company to the beneficiary upon the death of the insured person or some unfortunate events that could leave them permanently ill or injured. This type of insurance was actually born around 60 to 100 CE in ancient Rome, when the Romans often thought about the price of their funerals. Burial or cremation fees, caskets, and ceremonial spices. That's a lot of stuff. That's when Roman general Gaius Marius started burial societies or clubs for his fellow soldiers. You see, these clubs were not the kind that volunteered to bury the dead, despite what its name suggests. Soldier members were required to pool their personal funds into the club's fund, which would accumulate over time. When a fellow club member died, a committee was appointed to budget for their funeral using the club's funds, and this reduced the burden that their family had to pay. Eventually, it expanded to beyond just military personnel, but also regular citizens in Rome. We have yet to come to life insurance, so what came next? Insert marine insurance. At this point in history, it's the closest thing to life insurance. Now, marine insurance assured mariners, that's sailors, against death or captivity during a voyage, famously insured by Edward Lloyd's underwriters, who were wealthy aristocrats who assumed risk for merchants and sailors shipping vessels. To give you a bit of a backstory, Lloyd's actually started as a cafe in London where merchants met and exchanged the latest shipping news. So you can think of it sort of like a networking cafe, a relaxed atmosphere that just happened to be in a city of poverty at the time. On June 18th of 1583, history was made when they decided to take a chance at insuring people as well. The insured was William Gibbons, a common soldier from London who became the first man to get life insurance with his beneficiary being his friend, Richard Martin. The policy was that he would be insured for 12 months, which meant that the insurance would expire a year after signing the contract, after which, in the case that Gibbons died, Lloyd wouldn't pay anything to his friend. Luckily, or not so luckily, William died less than a week before this deal expired, and the underwriters who were expected to pay were shocked at their loss. They refused, claiming that Gibbons signed a contract for a lunar year, which lasts 11 days shorter than a solar year that we usually refer to. So you can see how details are crucial in these kinds of events. The case went to court, and the court ruled in Martin's favor, so the underwriters had to pay him. Turns out life insurance is also controversial. They never wanted to offer life insurance again after going through that. So, did the idea of life insurance fail? In fact, 
it was quite the opposite. Lloyds of London today is the world's largest insurance marketplace, and they operate in more than 200 countries and territories. That aside, there were equivalents of this throughout modern history, but the actual profession of actuaries, people who analyze the financial costs of risk and uncertainty, was born in 1693, when Edmund Halley wrote the first life table. A life table is a table that shows, for each age, the probability of dying before the next birthday. Later on, in the 1750s, the mathematic and statistic concepts for actuaries to use were developed. Edward Rowe Morse established the world's first mutual insurer, which formed the basis of all life insurance schemes that accepted anyone regardless of health condition and other circumstances and provided age-based premiums, wherein younger customers pay smaller insurance fees to insurance companies and the older the customer gets, the more they have to pay. The Panic of 1837 caused some things to change in life insurance. Legal changes allowed women to purchase them and separated links that it had with religious institutions. It also created some of the world's largest insurance companies, like New York Life and John Hancock. Another milestone in its history was achieved in 1875, when Prudential made life insurance available for working-class families through their affordable packages. As you would expect, after disasters, life insurance sales skyrocketed, like what happened in World War I and II, and sales fell during other times when things were a bit more peaceful. But today, life insurance has never been more relevant, even during the calm times, especially as public pension is paying retirees less than what they earned before retirement, which makes it insufficient to cover rising healthcare costs. With an endless supply of customer data at our fingertips, the revolutionary technology of artificial intelligence can be implemented in the industry to more accurately predict various scenarios through advanced models where it can detect risks and recommend strategies. AI can also improve communication with customers, a vital tool in a sector that depends on customer loyalty and transparency by understanding them better and keeping them satisfied to continue using their services. The practice of life insurance was never about reading crystal balls or superstition, but using math and probability to determine something as unpredictable as death and illness. This just goes to show how incredible actuarial science is, as it has helped countless lives deal with the costs of losing loved ones, and how the practice still has a journey to go on, a digital transformation that will take both time and global effort, but is slowly emerging today. Thank you for listening to the second episode of Money Makes You Think. Does life insurance guarantee immortality? This series is all about exploring the common questions about the financial world and is written for teenagers by a teenager. That's me. In the next episode, we'll look at debt and why it has everyone worried. Thanks again for listening. And remember, always stay curious. Bye!